Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. There is absolutely no psychological fear and you are beyond all gods. And God said he should send his one begotten son to lead the wild into the ways of the man. What does it matter? Our home, our nation, all the things we believe in are in great danger. Overtake, subjugate, and back to destroy another. The plane ride into the World Trade Center. Welcome to Idiotic Ideologies. I'm your host, Cindy Little, and... And Josh Fernandez. Today, we are going to be talking about contentment, or a lack thereof. And um, I'd just like to start off the conversation with, what does it mean to be content? Everybody seems to be really discontent right now, and so I'd just kind of like to clarify what it means to be content. Any idea, Josh? Yeah, I, I've been ready ready to do this one. So, I mean, the 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 basic thing I think we can get from contentment, and if, you can just even look at the word without needing to go look something up. But you got content in there, and then of course you got the, the mint. But it, it it seems to imply that I am going to find peace, or I'm going to find some kind of calm water within some part of content, or you know, I'm going to find my place amongst all of this content in the world. And and we can break that down a little bit further, but that's kind of the interpretation I'm getting from that word contentment. Yeah, and, and that's really similar to what what my thoughts on contentment is. I looked uh, up the etymology. I know you and I have been talking Love about uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've been we've been talking about the how we get some of our words and um what I found is that to be content means to rest or to be satisfied. And um, I thought this was really interesting, and it comes from some Latin words, contentus, which means content, satisfied. But it also means, like you alluded to, to hold together, to enclose. So basically, it's a, a sense of of containment and satisfaction um, where a person is happy with uh, whatever she or he or she already has. It's, it's kind of whatever you've got in your life, whatever's contained in your life, you are satisfied with that. And I thought, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good definition of, of contentment. Um, Me personally, I think it means to be at peace with life. Um, and, and not necessarily only with material things and relationships, but just being. I see contentment as kind of more of a mindset. Um, it's a lens that I look at life through. And um, however, being content, I don't think that means that we are, aren't going to suffer or feel pain or go through hardship it's just that I believe that if somebody's really, really content, they're able to put these things in perspective. They don't let them overwhelm them. 
Um, these things are meant to walk through and learn from and then let go of. And so I think if you're truly content, it's just a way of moving through life and being at peace with whatever comes um, and letting go of things like brooding or ruminating about the past and, um, you know, just really becoming bitter. I don't think that bitterness has any place in, in a truly contented person's life. They appreciate, content people, I think, appreciate life as a whole, the good and the bad. You kind of said it in that. So I tend to want to focus on, you know, anytime I'm going to start using words, it's, it's always coming from a place of, I mean, within, within all of that already, we see contradictions. So I'm going to try to use words the best I can. Mm -hmm. We have this word contentment. We, we, as people, you might look, look out into, I'll I'll just keep it uh, in our country and people will say, yeah, I'm content with the way things are. I, I don't bother nobody. I don't, um, you know, I, I don't create a lot of conflict or suffering and, you know, so on. Everybody seems to have a pretty good exterior. Now, within that word, you already see a bunch of things that just don't add up. I, I say I'm content and that I'm at peace with the world, but still I suffer and I have pain. I say within contentment that, uh, you know, I, I'm satisfied and my mind's at ease. But it's not. We're, we're still living from the past. We're still, uh, you know, holding on to things no matter how content you are. So what, what I'm getting at is we go back to words again. And, and within words, it seems that, you know, this thing we have, this brain has, again, getting back to this word, conditioned us. It, it's programmed us to put a lot of power in words. And so whether the word's contentment or it's peace or, you know, whatever the word you're trying to use to describe yourself, one must really analyze, uh, let's see, analyze, I'm going to use the word analyze, I'm not a big fan of that, but yeah, (laughs) investigating, I mean, and there's a difference there, but we won't go into that, but I want to investigate and say, okay, why do I say I'm content, but yet I still suffer with jealousy, I still suffer with anger, and those moments arise. So whether it arises very rarely or sporadically or maybe every day, contentment just doesn't seem like it exists. Or if it exists, again, it, it's still bound by something. I am still chained to something that I can't let go of. And again, we get this word contentment. It's, it's in the content that I have found my peace. And I'm always asking the question, and, I, and I'll, uh, I'm always very serious, and I hope that I can get it across of moving beyond this moving beyond any word and, and moving into a place that doesn't have suffering and conflict, but instead those take the form of compassion and love. Okay. So you mentioned just a, a second ago that you don't believe that there is uh, such a thing as contentment or you don't believe that people can be content. Yeah. I, I just see within that word. I mean, even as we describe it now that that word, it just carries a lot of, um, I don't know, if we mean contentment to be ultimate peace, then in my life do I have ultimate peace, not just mm-hmm. a week at a time or a month at a time. If I'm content, and then, then what does that mean? Because then we don't want to, again, get carried off into I'm content, so that means I'm going to go move far away from everybody or isolate myself. Or But can one find this word contentment within you know your own society and in, in the place that, that you are? And when I say I have contentment, it means that 
it means what what it's pretty much implying to that you have this peace. I don't know if clarity is in there, but you just have a peace. You have a calmness within you. And if something's at peace and it's calm, this word suffering and this word, you know, pain and conflict, I can understand that the physical parts of that, you know, if I cut myself, there's pain there. But ultimately, even if I cut myself to not have this attachment that something's wrong with me, my hand gets cut off and I, I the pain lasts for an experience, uh, you know, a duration of time that, right. that and, and so if you have contentment, is one really letting go? Is one really this word content? But even in that word content, I see a lot of trouble because it's carrying this word content and we want to move beyond the content. Oh, okay. That's what's tripping you up. Okay. Mm. Move beyond the content, meaning meaning what exactly? Well, first one would have to say, so th- this is where life becomes something that never gets dull and it never gets boring because to move away from content, I mean, since we're, we're using the word contentment, I would hope that that's, we're, we're getting an understanding of content. I mean, content is just everything. It's, it's what, what is the content of all of the world? What is the content even just in my environment? Mm-hmm. And if you're not out there just observing and looking, and I'll even use the word seeking it out, then it's inevitable that, that you become this victim. I mean, there's many words, this victim, this slave to your, to only what you see. So therefore, if I want to move beyond something, I have to, in essence, know everything that's around me. And then only then can I move, can I move away from it? Uh, what, what, what's an example here? I mean, if something, it would come down to danger. If, if, if I know something, I, I'm, I'm aware of these words we have. I'm aware of things like fear. And if I'm not aware of it, I can't move away from it. I, I'm, I, it's, I hope we're getting that implied thing. I'm stuck with, I'm lost. I'm in a forest. I'm lost. And if I'm not, if I don't know where to turn to, find out the North Star leads me somewhere. If I, if I don't know the content of the forest to say, oh, moss grows, you know, on a certain side of a tree. So uh, now I'm starting to, as I learn more of these contents within the forest and, and the, the stars, mm-hmm. which all have their little meanings, I start to then begin to find out how to move. Okay. Yeah. Just, uh, do we get that? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I, I'm just thinking through what you said. So, okay. so yeah. And, I'm still kind of, I think we're kind of coming back to the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that is um, a view, a holistic view of life through a lens of, of peace and a lack of conflict and an identification and hopefully eradication of things like fear or bitterness or, you know, ruminating on the past and not letting those things consume us does that sound kind of yeah, like what i would you're say saying? so because then because then well someone would say well why why do i want to do that well what does it actually do for you when you do hold mm-hmm. on to the past when you do move from the past then assumptions come in and, and all these things and one would say well i learned from the past yeah and can you learn in a way that you don't have to carry it with you constantly i mean th- th- that kind of implies fear that now your mind's full of chattered chattering and your mind's full of all mm-hmm. of these images or I'm thinking about the past or and and your mind doesn't ever that the full potential and the alertness and the awareness and and just that whole genius in your mind and your brain 
Mm-hmm. How do you expect it to to work in its full capacity when you're always filling it with something and you're always so? Uh, then the question is, you know, can I move and and move within life without constant chatter? The mm-hmm. chatter seems to be the problem because then you, the chatter says something about somebody else. It says something about the situation going on and on and on and on. So if we can find a way to eliminate that internal chatter that is negative, that doesn't do us any good, then that sets us up to be at peace with life and to be content with life. Would you agree with that? I think so. Maybe not so much limited, but eliminated, but to, 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 to just be able to observe it and say, oh, okay, there, here's the chattering again. Mm-hmm. And I have now come to a point where I, in, in lack of better words, know what that is. And I'm going to either follow it and, and find out why then is it mm-hmm. saying what it's saying. And if it's somehow the, the mind is talking because say I'm washing dishes and, and you're saying, oh, I need to know how to wash dishes, you know, and, and take that analogy um, related to a lot of things, do you actually have to have chattering to wash dishes? Do I have to have chattering to, to learn math or can I just start to put things together and, and, you know, and, and, and I would just keep it there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, no, that's good. Well, yeah. And I, something to think about. Yeah. I don't think that we can turn our brains off. I think there's always going to be chatter. Um, it's a part of it. Yeah. That's a part of you. This whole dialogue of the mind. The dial- that's a good way to put it. The dialogue of the mind. I think where we get in trouble is when we build negative mental habits and that chatter becomes constantly negative. And so we start looking at life through a lens of, of negativity, which um, that brings me to another question here. And is being content, is it about recognizing the value of things or relationships you have? Is it important for us if we're going to be content to recognize the value of that which is in our life? I think so. I'll just jump right in here. <laughs> well, I, I start thinking, so I, I hope when, you know, when people are just in everyday life or they're trying to figure out things or even just amongst having a, you know, there's, there's certain conversations that are, I would say more entertainment between you and your friends and certain dialogues, you know, life isn't supposed to be taken serious, but when you see somebody going through a, I wouldn't use the word negative, but just a confused way of looking at things. And they're not saying pretty much I do that too. Mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. You know, you, Mm -hmm. you you have, you have a a parent and, and a kid and, and the parent is mad when the kid talks back, but the kid says, well, the parent's also give him, you know, is, is telling me what to do all the time and right. doing things. And so there's the same thing or, you know, the same movement going on there. If, if uh, the kid gets mad at you, what the, then the parent gets mad because the kid got mad at them, but they're not looking at, you know, taking responsibility for what they did. Am mm-hmm. I kind of, is that making sense? Yeah. Yeah. So th- then the, this, so this whole, um, I guess where are you, oh man, I don't want to, Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, looking yeah. looking at that, looking so, at the value, yeah. So so then so then the value comes in, you know. I, but but then again, who, I start to question who actually is the is the person within your life, or do you do you is there? Can you take some time to notice? Is there anybody that can honestly say? I, I don't want to get into the word wisdom, but that that has a certain humility about them, or a certain humbleness about them, that will either either two ways they always you know take responsibility for a situ- situation 
or when somebody's going through something and they're so-called using this word venting, how do you navigate that? Mm-hmm. And to navigate it in a way to show that you're listening and in that moment as you're listening to then begin to lead them and show them something else because when anger starts happening and jealousy starts happening, these things that you want to list as a negative emotion, there is no thinking logically or thinking straight. Uh, yeah. I, I totally see that as a fact. And so, um, yeah, I'll just say that without losing my train of thought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. And yeah. And, and I've got that in my notes a little bit later mm-hmm. about talking about the difference between venting and complaining. Cause I think that complaining, um, has a lot to do with discontent. Um, if you have, uh, build a, a habit of complaining. Um, and I think it's, and I'll just go ahead and get right to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, with, with complaining, uh, complaining or venting, I would ask, and we don't have to really ans- answer it, but to just ask you know, all the listeners too, if you complain or you vent, now there's something that we did this morning where I'm observing together with you. And mm-hmm. that moment when, I, when I'm going, is there a different way of doing it to complain or to vent? Can we actually say, look, I'm coming to you to be vulnerable, to share something with you. Can you think, think with me um, mm-hmm. with this instead of, you know, just telling, it seems like the general psychology is just listen to somebody and, and then you ask them if they want your input or, or so, you know, that, but in that moment they're telling you something and, and I want to, you know, two heads are better than one, mm-hmm. but one person doesn't need to say I'm more superior than you. They need to understand you are being vulnerable. And so let's think together through the situation. And at, at a certain point, if I'm complaining or venting, then, um, how do I want to say the, um, something's gone out the window, something, something's not there, but to come from a place of thinking it together, there's a different quality there mm-hmm. as you talk to somebody. Yeah. I think there's a little bit of a difference between venting and complaining. Um, for example, Hey, you know what? We're all human. We all have really bad days, you know? And, and I think it's a good thing to talk to somebody that you trust about your really sucky day. You know, it's like, I had a really terrible day today. And you can talk to that person and they can listen to you. They might be able to offer you some good advice. And then you move on. And I see that as something that is is healthy. I don't see a problem with, with that. And that's what I call venting. And, and you're right. We had a, a conversation, you and I, earlier this morning. And I think there was a some healthy venting going on. And I, I think that was just Because I wanted your opinion. I wanted you to put input on it. Um, right. But what is different about that and complaining and chronic complaining in particular, you know, those people, we all have those people in our lives, you know, God forbid, I hope I'm not one, but, but that complain about everything. Um, they can't seem to see anything good about the world, period. And I look at that, and I, I think a question needs to be asked of, you know, why is that? And I think that sometimes there's mental health issues. I think sometimes people are just very, very depressed. Depression plays a role. But I also think that habit plays a role, where we start building these bad mental habits of you know, looking for the bad. And if you're always looking for the negative, if you're always looking for bad things in life, you're going to see it. I mean, it's that whole thing of, you know, I have a blue car. So when I'm driving down the freeway, 
all I see are blue cars. I mean, it's it's where your attention seems to focus. And out of that, and I've, I know that you've probably known people like this too, but out of that can um, come what I call a victim mentality. And I know that, you know, I'm not going to make you share mm. personal training stories, but, <laughs> but I also know that, you know, the chronic complaining can lead to, I'm helpless. I can't do anything about it. This is just the way life is. I can't change or I won't change. They, they rarely admit that they won't change, but it's like, I can't change anything. My life sucks, you know, and, and that's where they give up. And, and so I see that whole kind of mentality being really antithetical to living a peaceful, content life. So that's my two cents. Well, there's two things in there. Let me see if I can remember both of them. The first one I remember. So negativity. I look at the world and even myself, because as, as we mentioned things, there's, there's, we're always coming from a place of uns- unsatisfaction. So I can see why some people tend to, you know, take it, uh, I mean, for lack of better words, to an extreme. But when you look around and, and, and everybody Everybody can't say they don't see the negative. I'll, I'll just go into it and finish where, you know, th- th- that's why it seems like suffering and conflict still exists. It seems like we, we, we have this belief that one cannot progress unless they go through through suffering. And all we're doing is looking at the physical world, the, the, the world outside of our psychology and saying that that's fact. And so I, I guess I, that first point was to look at we are all... Uh, we are all, you know, the same representations. There, there's different details within it. Some people are more extreme. Some people are less. But we all carry these qualities within us. Mm-hmm. And then the second one, you touched on, what was the, what, where were you at? The first thing you said was? Um, valuing, valuing things in relationships and chronic complaining. Oh, that one. Yeah. All I need is, go, go <laughs> so where can you look for something? You know, we always seems like the brain is conditioned to look at things in the wrong way. Now, there's there's definitely one place that you can always look, no matter who you are, no matter what kind of friends you have, no matter, because um, you said, you, you know, you find somebody you trust and then mm-hmm. go into the conversation with them. But a lot of us either, you know, we're, condi- we're conditioned in this, um, like you were mentioning, a very uh, extreme way of, of negativity and, and complaining. And if those people want to, I would just say, asked and give it a pause to say, is there somewhere else you can look? Is there another mirror that one can look at themselves in without, you know, unfortunately, if you don't have the right friends, but I guarantee if you, if you look at this other mirror that I will, I'm going to give you the answer to, your relationships have to get better because com- I don't see how passion can't, can't come from it, compassion. And so I would say, look at, look at the world. Mm-hmm. Look at all these things that, that we know are wrong with the world, these things that some pe- people get real passionate about with whatever it is. It's something to do with politics, something to, to do with um, our pleasures, something to do even with people, to, to just be mad and think people don't, don't understand. But So if I just observe that, I mean, and, and it's everywhere. You can just see things on the news. We understand certain manipulations. We understand why there's certain commercials. You know, so w- our brains, we already know so much. But it's like we, we stop looking at the outside world and we stop looking at what we know and we get into, 
the mind begins to chatter and create uh, a particular emotion. You either become dull and you're just moving through life, you know, not thinking about nothing, or you're always listening to music, or you're always uh, somehow carrying a little anger or, or so on. And then that just disrupts the whole outer observation. And not only the whole outer observation, you know, of just man and the conflict and and, to, and then why would you trust somebody when you see how distrustful people are? And so can you move in a different way that doesn't carry all of these, um, I don't know if the word's protagonist or, or these ways of blaming other mm-hmm. people? Because you, I guarantee we talk to people out on the street and they're going to be like, yeah, I'm aware of, you know, just keeping it simple, marketing and manipulation. And I'm aware that people are always trying to sell me stuff. They're always trying to sell me this water that's a pH balance. And I looked into it. And so we, we have so much knowledge already, but the knowledge, it gets blocked by, by what? I don't know, but by, it becomes blocked as one becomes very, what's this, just narrow-minded can be the word. Yeah, no, I I think you're absolutely and so we're, we're, right. We're narrow-minded a lot of the times during in, in the world, but you know, let me just keep observing the outside world and keep. Let me just go. We go back to this word aware and and this word attention. Mm-hmm. I think awareness and attention go hand in hand with uh, recognizing the value of things and relationships, and trying to have a mindset that isn't constantly in a state of negativity. Um, Psychologist, there's a psychologist here, Dr. Guy Winch, says we complain when we feel there's a significant gap between an expectation and reality. You know, things are just not the way we expect or want them or, to or be. Or a gap between us and another. Well, yeah. Oh, but but yeah, yeah. this this gets mm. even better. Let me finish this quote. Um, however, he also says complaint or complaining can make us feel like we connect with someone because we have a mutual dissatisfaction about something. So it's kind of that misery loves company. So I wonder if people who are chronic complainers and are just really reinforcing this negative mindset aren't, um, you know, being reinforced by surrounding themselves with with people that do the same thing. I, I find that people who like to complain and grumble a lot hang around with people who like to complain and grumble a lot. And... Um, do you think there's any truth to that? There's truth to that, but I, and I would go back to this whole word of, um, you know, I'll use it with you all the time. That's all that, but division, <laughs> of, and division, and fragmentation. So in that moment, there is, there is like, you know, there's a fact about that that you are who you surround yourself with. You are kind of mm, your mm-hmm. personality, the way you've grown up. You you just attract those people. So in that in that moment when, the, when these two people are complaining, all right, you're you're very aware of this this one fragment of the the whole problem. And are you at all just being aware like this? I'm going to use the word healthy. This can't be healthy. This is, I mean, we, we are at this point bringing out this word superiority and, and you're thinking you're better. And mm-hmm. we all are human beings. So we all, anger is no different than anybody. Um, just the way we suffer and pain. And, and again, and it looks different in people's lives. The details are different. Mm-hmm. But the underlying thing that makes us human is the same within everybody. And so as you talk with somebody or as you attract yourself with with certain people and you you just 
become a, your attention starts to grow. But you're t- again, I get back to this. Your attention will never grow as long as you're always putting something. Uh, everybody knows this quote, so I'll use this quote. But you're always filling your cup and you have nothing else to put in the cup, which is also a analogy or an image for the whole th- movement of I am staying in this line, this this one dimensional space, my point of view, which then digs a deeper crevice and a deeper crevice and a deeper crevice until you're really stuck in that, which we go back to this word we used before, you're crystallized in a mode of thinking. And that's mm-hmm. why there's really no hope for, for any adults because they're so it's so hard for them to listen because they're so this word conditioning and programming. And so would, would someone first admit that they are conditioned and programmed mm-hmm. as we, as, as you start to want to pull yourself out of this funk, so to speak. I mean, who wants to be judgmental and who wants to be, uh, I, I tend to get away from that word negative, but for just making it easy, who wants to be negative? Who mm-hmm. wants to live that? And, but I see that we all want to live that because there's great energy in that. You, you feel something you feel like, but is there a different energy that just outdoes all of that and brings this where this word contentment should be pointing to, but it's beyond all content. It, to be free, you cannot be bound by nothing. Therefore, what does that mean to somebody? And I would just keep it there. Yeah. Lofty goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm glad you said that because people were so conditioned again to do the easy thing. The easy thing feels good. I'm always trying to um, skip steps just look at how easy it is to feel anger and feel jealousy. And then therefore we get programmed for thousands of years. And now we're in this mode of conflict. So one says, I mean, it's difficult to be successful. It's difficult to make money. And so we're, then I also see the other side where they're saying, you know, do the hard thing, do the, what's the most difficult thing you can do. And it's just what you said, you know, lofty Mm -hmm. goal, the most difficult thing you can do, which then points me towards how do you show you love somebody is it the easy thing to do? Well, you're conditioned to do the easy thing to do. You're going to say, yeah, um, uh, fear fear is love. Anger is love. And I say, no, do the most difficult thing mm-hmm. and, and move away from it and go beyond consciousness. Mm-hmm. So in order to become a truly content person, it sounds like we have to do some hard personal work. So there is striving. There are goals to be reached. Um it's um, more than just saying, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get at the difference between truly being content and at peace with life and whatever life has to offer and somebody saying, I give up, nothing's going to get better, oh, poor me, because I think that there can be situations where we're striving and moving towards something better is called for. It's you, not you, just I, sitting there and going like a lump and saying, you know, I'm not going to do anything to improve my life. Well, the two things I see then when you say that, and tell me if I'm right, content, and then what passion. Right. So how do they coexist? That's a good question. The, 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 so if, if I'm content or, you know, if I'm at peace, if I have clarity, which all that's implied, so then I would move to that word clarity does a passion then come out that says I'm I'm gonna I'm just I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put it in lack of better words I know it's probably gonna lose some people but I'm I'm gonna move and you're not gonna move in the sense of uh, I'm I'm content so I'm just not gonna do anything no more I'm not gonna 
I'm gonna withdraw myself, so to speak. You know, these right. these, these are the words, not and so I, I don't I'm not trying to guess what you're actually doing in life, but I find if one is has this awareness and this attention totally all the time, which then implies you can't be chattering in your head all the time, and it doesn't mean you're trying to control the chattering, mm-hmm. but to start investigating, why am I chattering? I mean, is it coming from fear? Am, am I bored? Am I scared that uh, I don't think I can move without chattering? Am I, am I making up excuses that, oh, I'm going to get murdered because, uh, mm-hmm. no, all of that drops. All right, so I know that's hard to get, but first of all, I, w- I would say that part. And then when someone really starts to understand the, the conflicts and also the, the magnificence of human beings, and you're aware that uh, the innocence of children is just disrupted, I mean, why do we lose the innocence of, of a child? And, and you could probably have many different uh, theories and, and explanations for that. But, you know, wh- why do we end up turning into these boring old people, so to speak? I'm <laughs> lack of better words, you know? And, and, and then we just lose touch with, with the younger generation. And, and it, it's, all, it's all in society. Mm-hmm. But I would just ask that then uh, someone content versus somebody that, uh, for lack of better words, and, and please don't have a tradition to this, but this holistic word. And when passion actually comes out of you, I'm not telling you, you know, oh, when passion comes, I'm going to be carrying um, uh, a protest sign and I'm going to be doing all this stuff. It's going to be a, a, a move that's totally different because, you know, just as an architect has to build a building that's not going to fall, I need intense studying now on, again, it, th- but the study is uh, uh, an every moment endeavor. I can still go to the coffee shop. I can still watch the movie. I can still, and some of y'all probably already have a glimpse of this. I can still go study. And within all of that, I am constantly having uh, this relation to everything in my life. And I can pick up on learning, all the time learning. Mm-hmm. And I hope people, ha- I, I, I guarantee, I have to feel people have glimpses of that, that, you, you've, you've seen something and then you're like, you kind of make an analogy out of it. Or you can say, oh, that relates to this. But then w- why does that movement stop? Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to stop learning and to just become angry. Yeah. I hope that makes Well, no, no, no. That makes sense. No, no. <laughs> no, I get it. And, and I mean, it's, it's kind of this, this running theme of you, you need to monitor your, your chatter basically that internal chatter and um, yeah, we're not going to get rid of it. But you need to monitor it and make sure that you are you're thinking correctly. You're put, put, putting it in its place, ha- it having this place. order within your right. house, so to speak. Right. Um, and, and I think that that also goes towards, you know, like I said, we touched on this a couple of minutes ago, but I want to go back to it, is, um, you know, replacing some of that negative talk with, recognizing the value of things or relationships that you already have. I think this is a big part of being content um, because it's really easy for us to get complacent or lazy and not appreciate what we have and who we have in our lives. It's that whole saying of familiarity breeds contempt. We start to take things for granted. We start to take people for granted um, I think of the, uh, you know, I always think of the hot water heater in my house. You know, it's like it's some thing in a cupboard somewhere that I ignore 99.9% of the time until I end up getting a cold shower. And then it's like, oh, wow, I never realized how much I appreciate being able to just step into the shower and have a hot shower. I really never appreciated 
the hot water heater. And I don't want to compare people in our lives um, to hot water heaters, but I think that a lot of times what happens is we just get very comfortable, which is different than being content and, you know, downright lazy. And, and it sounds like kind of what I'm hearing from you. Chattering comes from laziness. Yeah. The chat, the negative chatter, it's, it's the, the habit. habit. Yeah. It's the habit. It's our default. Someone needs to look at, look at it and then figure it out. Is it a habit or is it, am I worried about something? I mean, and then, right. But it's, it's all of that. Yeah. And, and I think that, yes, we need to be more vigilant in, in keeping our, our minds in a right place. And that takes, that takes work. So, you know, while being content means being at peace, I mean, it also means still, there's, there's still an opportunity to, to strive, to improve and to, um, make sure that, um, your, your heart and your mind is in the right place. I want to add this real quick. So this is where things need to be totally different. So you, you hear all of that and there's, there's nothing wrong in that, but these fears end up being, I mean, not these, these words end up having roadblocks. So I'm, I'm going to say this and then I'll go in and explaining it. I find value by having no value. I, um, you said something else in there, uh, but, I, <laughs> but I lost it. But look, the, I would just give you this, uh, whatever the word that you have, you're trying to find meaning, then there's no meaning. You're, you're trying to uh, make yourself better. Or you're, or you're trying to, what I want to say, find your full potential. Mm-hmm. It's within no potential. Now, what that means is. Yeah, explain that. Yes. So You lost me there. You need to dissolve all of that. <laughs> so by, by or let's, start, let's stay with value because I think that one's easy. If I'm looking at the world and trying to find value in a particular way of seeing it, I'm already dividing. I'm already looking for for value now we all know everything dies we all know um that there's 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 no value there's no value everything's going to end up uh you know going away so to speak in the next thousand years so now what am i left with and the reason why i i I go with that you know take the word and then take the opposite and then you dissolve it and why do we dissolve it because now we're looking at the fact of what is i don't need a word to tell me that people matter you have no choice. There's not a world where one person exists. So we get back to this. We make these abstractions out of everything we see. So can I find this word value by just observing that I have nowhere to go? People are, are around me all the time. So I want to treat that person with, with the utmost reverence. I want to show respect for everything. So what, what has happened, and I, I don't like doing this, but I, I'm just going to do it a little bit of insight in my life. Begin, begin to know the contents, know the words, go out there and, and seek, and then begin to drop. Begin to drop opinions, drop certain words. I'll never say better. If I do, I'm going to make sure I go into it. Better just means more of. That's what it is. Nothing is better in this world. So when you start not to be set, when you start using these words, your brain and your body inevitably says, I'm not satisfied and I got to keep striving for this. I got to keep um, becoming something else. And can we do away with the words and say, I'm already satisfied. And of course, that doesn't mean you just sit there. So now you move and you realize how important people are by just observing and saying, yes, uh, wh- what, 
-hmm. Yeah, life just becomes so harder when you disregard people in any fashion, in any matter, and it, and it all it does is affect you negatively. Or it, I mean, it affects you. When I say negative, I don't, I don't like the word negative. It, it, it makes you feel anger. It makes you feel jealousy. It makes you feel things that I would argue aren't the quality of love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm. I kind of see. Just my two cents. I see. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Yeah. I like the way that you said. You know, treating people with reverence, and 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 basically recognizing, actively recognizing that people are. Um, we're so worth valuing and we're so different. I mean, I, and I'm realizing yeah. that more and more like people just sometimes they just don't get what you're saying. And, 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 and you, so then why would that lead somebody to, to go down this road of conflict, which is frustration, impatience, uh, think someone's stupid mm -hmm. and on and on and on. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So, I mean, what I'm getting out of our conversation so far is that contentment is not complacency, meaning that, it is an active way of being. It's not in the words. Yeah. For sure, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like my words. You're not so much liking the words, but, <laughs> but yeah. We, we need the words, but I wish people would somehow, you know, um, see the underlying uh, movement. Oop, I yeah. use this word. I know you Cindy use that time. word a lot. But look at what's, you know, <laughs> going on. I feel like there's two qualities in life. I'm a, I'll make it quick, but you have, you have a quality of conflict and we can start to understand the patterning of, of, uh, of the way the world's been. I mean, and why that, that I would hope you, you can see that. We'll maybe have another podcast on that, the road of conflict and the road of love. And, and so when, when someone's murdering or somebody has done something that you think is just so despicable to have this compassion and this mercy on them to realize they're just like you, they've been patterned and they've been uh, conditioned. And mm -hmm. if no one's really done this hard investigating within themselves, seriously, not just, uh, I'm going to use this word, just in a petty manner in, in a very, I just do it when I go to church, so to speak, or yeah, I get my Bible out and I read it. You're still, a, you're still a victim and a slave to the, to these words. And you, you, are you very, are you inquiring very deeply that you're looking at the movement below that, those words, or are you taking value in that scripture and in that word? And there's a difference there. And it's not to make mm -hmm. someone feel defensive or offended. It's just like, uh, are you taking the qualities of what you are feeling and not so much the regurgitation of the, the words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, 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 I get it. I mean, it's, it's about being genuine and which, which leads me to another, another question here. Um, I was reading up on something called toxic positivity and um, I see this a lot. And I asked, can we fool ourselves and others into thinking we're content when we're not? I'm really, oh, yep. yeah, I'm really, you see it all day. Yeah, everybody yeah. thinks they're content. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am really guilty of this. And, um, sometimes the worst thing I can tell myself and others who are going through hardship is remember how good you have it. Oh, you've got it so good. You have no right to be complaining or you have no right to, to feel this way. And I don't think that type of thinking leads to genuine contentment because people are dismissing legitimate pain and suffering. So one of the lessons I've learned is that sometimes, yes, we go through very difficult times. We go through hardships and we just have to sit with that and instead of try to put a smile on our face and, oh, everything's perfect, everything's fine, I'm so content with my life because that's really counterproductive. And so I, I think our culture is, is really bad about that and expecting people to always put on a, a happy face even though they really aren't content for good reasons or 
for not so good reasons. So I just think it's something that, you know, we, we see a lot of, and I just think is, is something to watch out for. I want to go into that. And, and as we go, as we, as we go back and forth, I'll you like quick, that one, but I, I like that we have each other. Cause you, you say nothing you say is, is wrong. I mean, you, 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 that's right. I'm right. You say the general thing going on. <laughs> so this is where we talk about you know, we, the first podcast of thinking deeply, which I hope we did a good job on that. As we start to do these more and more, we really start to find our groove, but all right, I will take this situation. Um, the coronavirus and, but, but just specifically, I'll just keep it on the whole toilet paper thing. Oh and yeah. So what kind of movement is going on there? This movement of I'm going to stock up on a particular object. I mean, and, and I hope you can take this into anything. I'm going to stock up on, um, on people, whether, I mean, when I, I don't want to make it too complicated, but the rich man needs to stock up on people. They need to stock up on attention. They need to stock up on that thing to stay rich. But all right, back to the toilet paper. There's a movement of, all right, I'm hoarding, I'm stocking up on something because I'm out of fear. Then the next person says, well, if they're doing it, I'm not going to have toilet paper. So now I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And so you mentioned people. Um, yeah, the world is very, um, lack of better words, it sucks. The way we treat each other and, and the way we hide and we're not totally honest and we make these assumptions and we have wars because of, of our identity within certain things, but then also the trauma behind it and people don't want to let go or they find their identity in, in their history. And I'll, I'm going to just keep it here on this analogy, though, but toilet paper makes you happy. <laughs> Can you just say, I'm going to... I don't think this is too much of a kitchen. I'm going to wipe my ass in the bathtub. I have water. I can, I can <laughs> clean my butt. And in a, in a, in a, I mean, like, wow. so now I'm, I'm, I'm pointing to the fact that we've put this value on everything in life when you have nothing to complain about unless you're short on food. And in America, there's no shortage on food. So I'm not talking about, you can still go to, I'm not saying it's, it's, I'm not saying anything about it, right or wrong. I don't want to even say it's better or not. You have food in the garbage can. Nobody wants to eat out the garbage can. I get that. There's disease. There's all right, but I'm saying there's you. It's hard to starve in America. You have you can go to places in our societies. We have places set up to help you with whatever you need. Now water. Where can you get water? There's water fountains everywhere. Now you have food and water, shelter. Oh, right, you need shelter, but again, we have places set up to help you out. Most of us don't. Is that's that's a luxury you have in America. And so we have nowhere to go but to complain about toilet paper or to say I'm, I'm dissatisfied because I'm making 40 grand a year or 20 grand a year. Um, but you live, I mean, I, I would hope you have certain situations where you can, you know, if your kid's a certain age, I mean, that, that we, we don't get away from the fact of helping each other. Uh, I have no problem saying I live with my mom. We help each other out. I'm so aware of giving her money. She'll give me money. We're, we, we, we're not attached to that. And I have no value in trying to find a bigger house, trying to, I mean, so I, I would, without saying too much, I would keep it there that we, it's like we found value in the toilet paper, for lack of better words. Mm -hmm. and, and and so life is so, so <laughs> beautiful with amongst, and you're living in America. And that's all I can really observe with our listeners is, is America, because if we don't get things right here, there's no reason in trying to fix anything else anywhere because we're not capable. We're, yeah. we're psychologically so... We're, we're, yeah, we're a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and, and what you said, it's, you know, in kind of a funny way, you touch on greed. 
I mean, mm-hmm. toilet paper greed. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, yeah, I remember that. Uh, well, we all remember that. Yes, where, you know, and it was, it, it spread. I mean, it spread like wildfire. Yeah, that greed, I guess, is fear that you yeah. want toilet paper too, but... And so now you're mad at the next person for having toilet paper. All right, I, uh, just like, like I said, is there, another, is there another quality? Is there another way to just do something that is beyond the way people have been doing it for the past 100 years, past 1,000 years? I mean, l- just learn from those couple sentences that we've said amongst each other and, and don't narrow it down to a particular way. Don't be defensive about it. Don't... don't Which well, goes... Yeah, which goes back to the negative thinking and trying to, to you know, make an effort to be in that in that right mindset. Um, however, I think that our culture really plays into complaining and negativity, um, and you see that in the media. Do you agree that Uh-oh. the media is just always pushing a negative viewpoint well, they, they, they want views and i would i would question that everybody knows that and they still make the media such a uh, a place of truth yes yeah yeah but you uh, know they want to get views it's it's a tv it's entertainment anything on the tv is is to be taken with a grain of salt your romanticism your ideas of a hero and, and on and on Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, and I think that the media is very powerful and it plays a really big role. It can play a really big role. It makes you role. question why it's so powerful when we know it's so full of shit. It, yes. <laughs> yeah, I and I get it. It's it's giving you news. I mean, again, but, but can you, and like that, there it is. There's so much to learn in that. Can you put it in its place? Can you watch it and have order in your life and not put value on it? And say that that's my identity. Oh man, they're right. Yeah, fuck that person. On and on and on. Mm-hmm. And my passion's coming out. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. And 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 I'm talking about media in general. I'm talking about social media. Mm-hmm. You know, the internet, TV. Um, you know, yeah, whatever, man. whatever it is. Um, I, I watched this TV show called Botched. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, mm-hmm. but basically, it's these two plastic surgeons, and people come in to have them fix their botched plastic surgery. And it's just so interesting because they have people that come in, not everybody's that, that comes in is, is like this, but they have a lot of people that come in and say, well, there's this celebrity or sometimes even like a doll. Women will come in and like, I want to look, literally look like a Barbie doll. Oh, yes. And so, and then they will want to mutilate their bodies to look like a doll or a certain celebrity or something that they're seeing online or on TV or these influencers. And, you know, I want to be just like that person. I want to look just like that person and are spending, you know, some of the the money they spend is upwards of like a million dollars to, you know, get boob jobs and butt jobs and, you know, nose jobs and and whatever else and putting their lives at risk because they're going and doing all these surgeries to look a certain way, um, to change their body image and change their appearance. And so I look at that and say, our, our media has a really big impact 
on a lot of us. When, when you say that, I, 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 I learn. So this is a great example of learning. You've said that, and, and what, what, I, what I was looking at as you were saying that, being aware of what you're saying, but also being aware that, does that not seem what everybody does, though? So again, somebody looks at that, and then maybe whatever the word is, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the easy route and just say judging happens. Mm-hmm. And But that sounds like everybody. Here I come. I am psychologically messed up. I am com- conflicted. I'm suffering. I'm going through something. I go find somebody else to fix me, and they can either... I forgot what else you, you mentioned in there, but yeah, I go to somebody yeah. else to fix me. And they're hoping that's going to fix them. Yeah. And they're hoping, and it, and, it, and it doesn't, it just, no. <laughs> it just, it just, it, it takes, it takes your body, which I, I, I say usually, um, we're, we're, nothing has changed. It's so the doctors are taking your body and then they're just modifying it. They're just making it look another way. But un- underneath all that is still the suffering and it's still the conflict. Yes. And so can you find that not from people because you go to people, you get the same conditioning, you get the same pattern. So can I actually look at people as a whole to find my mirror? Can I look at something beyond um, beyond the people as well? And can I just start to say, you know what, something different can happen, first of all, and not to fall in that rut where people say, oh, everybody's like that. Everybody does this. Everybody doesn't say, no, I'm going to find out. I'm going to doubt every time I see something. The media comes on. And that's what I would say, too. Watch it. Watch your movies. Watch whatever. And always doubt as you watch it. And don't just say this is truth. And when you doubt, mm-hmm. I guarantee something else will start to unveil just something different. And it doesn't mean you're, you're, you're setting any lines and you know, being an enemy and a, and, a, and a foe, so to speak. You're just it's OK to doubt. And if somebody's mad that you're doubting them. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of shows an insecurity within them that that they that they haven't went through and investigated all the way. Yeah, I think that's really really important. And um, in our episode on critical thinking, I think it really goes back to that. Is you know analyze, question, evaluate these things that you're being shown on you know online or on TV or whatever, and you know and then do a lot more personal reflection Quiet on yourself and be like, no, I see. Yeah. I just see myself still in, in this mode of conflict and suffering. Yeah. And, and so going back to the toilet paper, (laughs) (laughs) the toilet paper greed there. Um, I, I wonder, you know, can we ever truly be content and be at peace and, and or is it in our nature to grumble and not be satisfied with what we've got? I don't think it's possible for us to be a hundred percent content. I honestly think that you know, and we've had conversations that about this um, about I believe that we are we are flawed. There's something in us that really kind of hurries us into bad behavior, and one of those bad behaviors is greed or envy. And, and we kind of have almost a, a default mode, at least in my opinion, that we're all kind of greedy or we're all kind of envious. You know, we see what somebody else has and we want that. And, oh, they're, like you mentioned, oh, they're getting the toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee, I, I, I better get in there and get the toilet paper too. That's crazy, no matter what you say. And so... Do you think that there is a way 
that we can completely overcome that? Or is that something that we're going to struggle with? Yeah, I, I would say yes. And so you use the word we. Now, as far as humanity goes, that's a whole other question. <laughs> but if you start with one person at a time, and, and I don't know, I mean, I would first look at your history. Do, do you, can you find one person with that? I can look at myself and say, and, and that's where I would go into with, with, with people. I hate saying it because it, it can imply, you know, somebody's thought about me, but I've gone beyond it. And the best advice I can give you is to, you know, you're moving in a realm that is not only physical, we're really good with moving with that and seeing things and judging things and so on, mm-hmm. but this world psychologically. And in, in both of these worlds, what's going on is is uh, a barrier you can't see. It's, it's uh, So the only way that I can start to move and, and so-called see well, I can see what's going on psychologically. I mean, seeing is not just something with my eyes. I see with my eyes. I see with my mind. I, I, there's, so first, mm-hmm. ask that question. Is, is seeing only with, with your, your eyes? And if I say, no, I can see with my mind, I can, yeah, I, c- I can get what you're saying there. Great. So now as you move, the best advice I can give you is to, I mean, for a quick one, it would be words. And you, you just have to learn this whole process of movement. I see uh, opinions. Do I see any good with opinions? No. And that's another podcast. No. So I move away from opinions. Do I see any, uh, any value? Do I see any good in having an image about somebody to, to, which is not ever who that person really is? Just like when you say a word, the word never describes actually what's going on to the T. So I drop that. I just drop, you know, and, and I start to move my life. The only way that I know how to move w- with the outward movement, with what you see, you know, the physical movement and this psychological movement, not to separate it, mm-hmm. but to move as one within that. And so the only way is, is to first recognize, you know, w- what's causing anger and then and, and move away from what's causing anger. If you if you're mad at, at your spouse, drop the images about him and just see how things change. Drop any kind of history about it. And um, I could just keep talking on, cause I, I, but I, I would hope that somehow resonates a little bit. And, you know, your brain is in this black abyss and all it's getting is electrical signals. And then that's how you, you operate. And within that, there's, pat, there's uh, programming and there's conditioning. And, so the, and then I'm also trapped within my own mind. So there's like no way to leave because you're only moving in what you know. So then how do I move from there? I have to just move and I have to drop things that I see are causing this conflict. And mm-hmm. I, I would say that, and I know that's going to cause a lot of, um, but that's something different. And we, we'll, we'll have another podcast about it again, because I would love to also talk about, you know, you're aware of the whole thing. So that doesn't, no, that doesn't mean you shouldn't go get money. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do things. But psychologically, when you start to adapt qualities of love, what actual love is, and we can look at that through just history and, and these books and all of this stuff. Um, but man, you, you got to have the right interpretation of it. You got to be really seeking the quality of love. And I would start off saying love is not going to be anger or fear. Somebody else saying well, it is. Well, then good luck and keep your wars and, and do all that. I mean, then what good is it anyways? What are we actually on a on a path to find? And I'm done with my rant. You're done with <laughs> And I'm done with my I'll rant. Keep going. Yeah, <laughs> and we're yeah we're we're just about out of time. So I'm going to kind of sum things up a little bit here. Basically, kind of what I've gotten out of this is that contentment is about being at peace with life, checking your negative thoughts, 
trying to move past that crystallized thinking into, you know, love and um, basically recognizing the, the fears in mm-hmm. ourselves, um, trying to let go of the past of those ruminations and that, that bitterness and um, seeing people as valuable and appreciating them and, um, you know, recognizing too that we still are going to be struggling with things like greed or envy and um, that these are things that... I'll just say why, but now I keep talking about the but, listeners. I would just ask them, hopefully they're asking why Why are we going to keep struggling? Yeah, why Why are we? And then that's a podcast for another time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I honestly believe that this is an ongoing journey for for most everybody. You're right about that. That's, this is the real journey, not going it backpacking is. in the Himalayas. This can unveil so much freedom in your life to where... Mm-hmm. You're just so satisfied and you're free. Right. I mean, doesn't that sound great? Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think, honestly, you know, deep in, in my heart, and I think most everybody else's heart, they, that's what they want. I mean, we want to be content. We want to be able to love people and and, and put things in, in perspective. Um, but I think it is a, a lifelong, uh, like I said, a lifelong journey. And um, things to watch out for. I still think we didn't talk about this very much, but that that insincere positivity, that pretending to be content on the outside, you know, that, uh, you know, I hate that phrase, fake it till you make it. You know what? And it's like, if you're going through a really rough time right now, don't shame yourself by saying, oh, I shouldn't feel this way because people have it so much worse. You should worse. feel that way and investigate why you're feeling that way. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, mean... does it go away? I don't know. I mean, are people actually doing things right or are they just doing it in a conditioned, patterned way? Well, something to think about. Yeah, it is something to think about. And I'm thinking about those really awful things that happen in our lives. You know, a tragedy happens and it's like, you know, hey, don't shame yourself for feeling hurt or you're or walking through a hardship or suffering, but... You sit with it, you learn from it, you grieve, you do what you have to do. You can't do nothing. And then you then you move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm getting to the moving on part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um so yeah, I I think, you know, and there's a lot more a lot more there. I mean, it's it's another one of the big topics that, you know, you really can't completely cover within an hour, but I'm sure we'll be revisiting parts of this in later in later episodes. So that's all I've got. Do you have anything to add? Nope. Nope. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that, that wraps it up for, for this time. And um, thank you for listening. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.